Welcome, everyone, to the Dynamo Abroad podcast, where we talk about anything and everything Dynamo Kiev-related. I'm your host, Alex Lishik, and with us from across the pond is Dima. How's it going, Dima? Yeah, doing well. Good to be back. Um, I've had to, I've had to, you know, in the in the time that you know we've been off the air, we've we've had to put up with some pretty terrible um, friendlies. Uh, but now it's good to be back, and now we'll be discussing those friendlies. Yeah, it's uh, it is very good to be back. And unfortunately, Eric couldn't make it, but we have a really special guest uh, on the show today to help cover one of uh, our recent friendlies, coming all the way from Tbilisi, Georgia. Uh, it's uh, Luca. How's it going, Luca? I'm doing well, thank you. Thank you for the invite. First of all, it's a pleasure for me. Uh, uh, thank you for uh, coming on. It's uh, it's awesome to have a uh, a fellow uh, Dynamo, I guess, uh, yeah. uh, fan on the show. Although it's uh, the different Dynamo down in uh, Tbilisi. Uh, but before we talk about the Dynamo TV Lisi friendly, we're just going to touch on some latest news. Uh, the U19s won their UEFA Youth League uh, play-in game, I guess. I don't know exactly what I would call that round. Um, against Deportivo La Coruña, uh, ended 2-2 with the Alexander Yatsik banger. And uh, the U19s won on penalties. Uh, shout out all the salty Dippo fans on uh, Twitter last night. Um <laughs> Then the draw will be on Monday, so uh, it'll be, they'll be in the round of 16. Dynamo beat the bus inside uh, Shiroki Briag 4-1. Garbash had an unbelievable strike. And Dynamo are linked to Peruvian defender Gustavo Dulante of Sheriff uh, Tiraspol and Brazilian midfielders Rodrigo Nestor and Igor Gomes of uh, Sao Paulo. Dima, uh, do you want just to give quick thoughts on those transfers? Potential transfers, I should say. Um, I mean... I'll start with Dolando. I mean, I've I've heard 1.7 million being um, named, which is you know really not a lot of money in this day and age. Um, I mean, that's you know for a lot of clubs that would be practically a free transfer. Um, but I I just have my doubts. I mean, the Moldovan league, it's you know apart from you know apart from Sharif, it's you know they've not to, not to be offensive because I know I think you know most people would agree with me. Um, it's pretty terrible in, in terms of quality. Sharif has been kind of a uh, surprise um, in the Champions League. Oh, I apologize. Um, been a surprise, you know, beating Shakhtar. I was always going to say twice, but they beat them once and drew them once, which is, you know, still good. Um, but yeah, he's he's been quite good. Um, Bulanto himself. But uh, it's, I mean, it's kind of difficult. Like, it's, I haven't really seen enough of him. I don't really know what kind of player he is. Um, players from the Moldovan league, I kind of have a reservation about signing, but, you know, it could happen. And I mean, he's been good in the Champions League, so you just you just never know. If, you know, we could sign him and he could be Bantic or he could sign him or he could be someone better than Bantic. Um, about Nestor and Gomez, they're, they're two good players. Um, they're two highly rated players, so... I've seen, you know, I was when I was doing my research on them, they were being linked with, you know, even clubs like Barcelona and Real Madrid. So it's kind of, you know, it's it'd be a good, probably a great transfer if it went through. But the thing is, those news have just kind of dried up. I mean, as soon as they, as soon as I read those, um, as soon as I read that story about the two players um, we're linked with, I've just not seen any, not seen any advance. Um, as soon as it came, it went away basically. So. Um, yeah, I, I have my doubts. Probably I'd be happy with those signings, but I've, you know, 
doesn't seem likely. Yeah, it's just one of those, uh, you hope it goes through, but uh, I think we'll, we're probably going to get, instead of Rodrigo in this, we'll probably just get another Vitor Bueno, I'd imagine, who will probably be cheaper and not nearly as good. Um, on that note, uh, we're going to hop straight into, we're going to discuss the Dinamo Tbilisi friendly. Uh, this game was on this past Tuesday, around two days ago at the time of recording. Uh, Dinamo Kiev won 1-0. And uh, Luca, I, I just wanted to... Um, ask you a little bit about Dinamo Tbilisi kind of like what what did you uh I guess expect coming from the game I know it's a friendly of course you know both teams are in their winter training camp but uh what what were you kind of expecting from the game from a Dinamo Tbilisi perspective uh so actually I just wanted to point out about Igor Gomes who like three years ago was linked to a move to Dinamo Batumi actually the current Georgian champions he was like uh, I think 19 at the time and was barely even playing for Sao Paulo yet to break into the first squad but well, a couple of articles in Georgia media that he could have actually ended up in Dinamo Batumi when they got promoted in the uh, in the first division back in really? 2019. Huh. But that move didn't really happen. And now yeah. we see him being linked with loads of good, good clubs, uh, Dim Kiev, for example, and other European, Western European sides. So uh, I guess it's quite good. Um, but um, yeah, that's the story behind him. And about the friendly between Dinamo Kiev and Polisi, um, right now we're in like a rebuild mode for the past seven times for the past like six years um, and loads of new signings coming in, uh, typically from Belarus because our current sporting director used to work for Shakhtar Soligosk um, and he brought in players from Belarus because he knew, knew them. That's the easy formula, Igor. Um, and um, to be honest, like uh, this was our like fifth or sixth match during the preseason um, friendlies and I wasn't really impressed with any of them because like the coaches still trying to kind of wiggle his way around the squad with tense new signings, a couple of academy players uh, that got assigned to the first club. And even the match against you guys, we switched from like four at the back formation to like five at the back formation, then again to the four at the back formation, because he's still trying to find the optimal team. And uh, it isn't really working out really well, despite us beating today, uh, Dino Moscow 1-0 earlier this morning. Um, but um, yeah, my takeaway from the match is that... Uh, there is a big difference in terms of uh, quality between the two of us, between, between the clubs. Um, but some positives coming out, like some of the current players, and one of them listed on the screen below, Sabah Wadagiani, who, for me, is the guy who should be playing the national team regularly in like two or three years from now. Um, yeah, and apart from that, say like Kiev were the better side uh, from like the first minute, apart from like a couple of chances we had uh, and a penalty decision that... I thought it should have been given to us, but apart from that, Kiev were the better side. It could have scored like a couple of more goals in the end, at least. So that's my takeaway from the from the match, actually. So, so I just want to actually, did you watch the uh, friendly against Dinamo Moscow? Yeah. yeah. So uh, I watched like after the that's a fifteen minutes in. I started watching it. So, oh, so, yeah. so, you, so you watched a good amount. So yeah. what what would you say were kind of the three? Um, I guess differences between like. Dynamo Kiev and Mos- Dynamo Moscow and like Dynamo TV. Like obviously, okay, they're you know the clubs with different budgets and stuff like that yeah. and different league qualities. But what were, for example, Dynamo Kiev beat Dynamo Tbilisi, but Dynamo Tbilisi just beat Dynamo Moscow this morning. So yeah. what what do you think the uh, some of the differences were in terms of play? You know, obviously it's preseason, so you can't a hundred percent say for certain. But what what do you think some of the differences are between like the three teams? Uh, well, I'd say uh, Kiev out of them, them three were the better side because whenever, like, the feeling I got was that whenever they tried to attack and 
up the tempo. They did it with ease against us, at least. I haven't watched many of the other, like even against Jorge Briek or any other matches of Kiev, but the match against us, whenever Kiev tried to attack uh, or up the tempo or press, they go away with it easily. And Moscow really struggled to do it because uh, I don't know why, but in, like uh, the lineup was better, I think, against Moscow than Kiev. Um, and s- somehow I think like uh, they had to play like another match in like 50 minutes off. So they uh, balanced their squad out to play the second friendly game t- today. Like it was scheduled like 50 minutes after the match they played against us. So I think they didn't really play like 100% they, they could. But um, out of those like 90 minutes or so, like 75 minutes or so, I'd say like Kiev were by far the better side of them three. Uh, and quality is there, I'd say, because uh, like having half the Ukraine national team playing for Dinamo Kiev uh, really you know, brings a lot of things with in terms of like quality and how teams play and how well worked they, they play. Because even Moscow and even us, we uh signed like five or six players during the, the uh transfer uh, general transfer window so they need some time to settle in and whereas key of the the guys you actually get a feeling that they've been playing together for, for a while now which is a good thing for like team chemistry and stuff so uh i'd say there is a difference between three of us uh, with Kiev being far superior side than any any other two so yeah that's my take i'd say all right and uh, Dima, I want you to hop in here. What, what were your thoughts on the friendlies? Pretty, I mean, pretty, un, pretty unwatchable to be honest. If I if I could find one word, it would be you know, I was just with these friendlies. There's just no incentive to watch because we know it's not. It's just going to be. There is experimentation. When 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 you say experimentation, stuff like the piano number ten, like, like who wants to watch that? Like you know um yeah i from the tbilisi it's not it's not against tbilisi it's it's entirely on us but i don't even know how how it went i don't know who scored because it was just such a forgettable game i we just did nothing was it oh hang on uh was it coolidge who was it was it that coolidge yeah the coolidge uh strike to the top corner was that yeah, that was quite a good goal actually and, you know it took a screamer for us to i mean it's, it's only a friendly yeah but really no idea i remember one tackle i think uh, sirota made um went out for a corner um other than that i'm really struggling to say um anything about the game which is probably says quite a lot to be honest um but the other ones have been i didn't have a chance to watch the, today's one today at the time of recording the uh, shiroki is it be whatever the Bryeg, Bosnian champion, Shiroki Briag, whatever, however you pronounce that, the, the Bosnian champion, I believe that that's what I'm going to refer to them as. Um, when we won for one, I haven't actually had the chance to look at that yet, it was so early. Um, but yeah, I wanted to say about the under 19. Sorry, I, I know you, I know you're gonna say an entirely different thing, but about the under 19s, um, what kind of a, what kind of a game of football is that? I mean. You'd think that we we were the ones playing with a red card and not them. Um, I mean, yeah, I get it's an away yeah. game. And they were like, yeah. Let me let me just give some context uh, for what Dima's saying here. Um, so Dynamo uh, U19s went down one 0 early, equalized fairly quickly, went down to two one because of a goalkeeper mistake, and then around thirty fifth minute, uh, Depot went down to ten men. And all right, and Dima continue. Uh yeah, but I mean. Terrible defending on both goals. I mean, for the first one, 
just let just let the guy do his own thing just let him stick a foot out and score um no one was even marking him wide open right in front of goal well like that can that can only end well can't it second one i mean what the hell was even the technical doing the goalkeeper i mean what the hell was that yes the guess the ball just stands there and as soon as he goes to make a pass the deportivo guy slides in and just boots it into the net and um, yeah, it was terrible goalkeeping. But when, I'm only mentioning this because he kind of made up for it um, by saving. Was it two penalties he saved? Yeah, it was two. Um, and uh, I mean, it's there were some pretty terrible. That was that was a rather poor uh, penalty shootout, to be honest. I mean, DL, I have to say, I could see from a mile away that guy was not going to score that long run up. I could just see that he's getting saved or it's going over. That is not going into the back of the net, and it didn't. Um, yeah, apart from that, not really much else to add. I mean, this this the under nineteen team. Yeah, you know, right right now we're celebrating, but in a few years these are just going to be the new Shepelev and Andreevsky regions. Um, so you know, today's you know today's celebration is tomorrow's sorrow, I suppose. Blocking ball strikes again, I guess. Supposed no, that no, that no, that was that that was not very good in the first half. It really was like watching a team coached by a leg blocking. Like that, that was not good at all. The defending was just just non-existent. Um, but yeah, good, you know, good fight from them. I really hope I'm wrong. I hope they will amount to good players. But just logic says, you know, we've seen it so many times now where they tear it up and just nothing happens from then. Um, it's because they're sadly not really taught to play football. They play for a result at any cost, which you know I, I say at this this rate, it's, you know, it's worse. And you know, getting to like getting to learn how to play with the ball, um, you know, different, you know, just stuff like that, um, which adapts them to um, uh, life in the top divisions, Champions League, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and that's not happening. Um, but yeah, no, good win, good win. Suppose. Yeah, I think that's a good transition. Uh, going from uh some young kids, uh young towns at Dynamo Kiev, and I want to uh bring Luca back in because uh I've I've compiled the small list of some uh, young promising Georgian players. Um, now the one player that I did not include on this list, uh, Ficha Kvaratskhelia, because yeah. I, I think I think Dima and Eric have have heard enough have heard enough of me praising him. Uh, so we'll save him for later. But uh, I wanted to start on uh, a young striker. I believe he plays in France. Oh, Belgium. Georges Mikaltadzian. I apologize yeah. if I uh, mispronounce yeah. the names. But uh, what, what could you tell me about him? So he is born in France, in Lyon. Uh, started playing for Lyon Academy until he was 15. Then he got signed for Mets, another French League One side. And then he got on loan to Seron, which is uh, like a farm club for Mets in Belgium in second tier. They got promoted uh, to the second tier last season and he scored like 21 goals for them. And they then got promoted for the first time to the first division this season. So he really started banging in goals for them. And um, for me, like he's the guy who should be the future top scorer in Georgian national team. But... There are some issues with his game, which is typically him being like a volume striker, which he needs some touches of the ball. He needs some shots in order to score at least one, um, which our team at this point at least um, 
kind of fails to provide him with chances, which uh, could see all the dysfunction that's happened with our national team, basically, and all the formation changes. And him being uh, like he's been, he's been called up to the national team three times and he got injured twice. So he didn't really have that many chances to settle in with the team. Um, but I mean, yeah, he is a guy who is uh, a, a, like a product of French French footballing school. We can't really say uh, very good things about his game, and he is a promising player for us because, like, uh, it's not that easy to score like forty goal, like around forty goals and around forty matches. He's got like a goal per per game ratio right now going on. Um, He's got all the tools to be like a modern-day striker with him being quite quick, nimble, can be the man of the dribble, uh, score with both his feet, uh, and even score ahead just by him being like five foot nine or something like that. So uh, he's a guy which I'm really excited with and probably half of Georgia is excited about. So, yeah, that's probably the least I can say about him. Uh, that's awesome. And um, next player I wanted to ask about was uh, Georgi Mamardashvili. Yeah. So he's a uh, like fairy tale story actually coming in from Lokomotiv Tbilisi, like a mid-tier side from Georgia. He went on loan to Valencia's B team actually at first, and somehow uh, Jasper Silison and Dominic got injured in the preseason matches. Uh, Silison got COVID, I think it was, uh, and he got the chance to play for the first team. And he started like first six matches for Valencia, keeping two clean sheets. But a couple of very like unfortunate events against Real Madrid when he considered two like goals and uh, three like howlers against Sevilla ended his streak of consecutive matches with Valencia. But uh, he played his match like four match four days ago, I think it was after like four months of absence from the squad, and did good. He kept a clean sheet. Um, and Valencia's boys' contract, uh, agreed to, like a buyout of his contract, and they paid like around 850k euros uh, to Dinamo Tbilisi. Um, to confirm his like, permanent signing. Um, and yeah, that's basically it. Uh, a very pro- really promising guy who's got a lot, lot to learn, but his age is like, he's like 21, he's going to turn 21 this season, this year. Um, and yeah, probably the future number one for Georgia and maybe even Valencia. But he doesn't he doesn't start right now for uh, Georgia. Uh, he he start no no. Uh, Georgi Loria is our first uh, choice goalkeeper, who's like a veteran presence in our team. And okay. um, yeah, that's yeah. Uh, next player on the list, uh, Zuriko yeah. Davitashvili. Oh, um, so Zuriko uh, is a son of a former football player, one of the top scorers in Georgia, I think, actually. Suriko Davitashvili is his father's name. Uh, but yeah, he's a guy who uh, I, I personally don't expect much uh, with him even playing for Arsenal Tula, relegation battler in, in Russia. Uh, a guy that can be utilized in my eyes as a right back or as a defensive midfielder, but he, our national team coach prefers to play him either on the wing or as a number 10, which given his skill set doesn't really suit that position. But um, yeah, that's the thing about, about him, I'd say. Like, not the most talented of guys, but I remember when he went to Rubin, uh, him and Kvicha went to Rubin at first, and he really outshadowed Kvicha uh, in his like first six or eight months. Then Kvartskhelia had like a very good spell um, in the end of his uh, like 2020 campaign. And uh, now he's the real talking point for us. And somehow like half of Georgia forgot about Zurico. But uh, yeah, that's, yeah that's, that's all about him, I'd say. Yeah. So uh, from uh, one Russian uh, rele- uh, relegation candidate side to another, yeah. uh, I, I wanted to yeah. touch, touch on uh, Luka Gaganidze. I believe he's at Ural, Yekaterinburg. Yeah. Now? He's yes. on loan at Ural. Uh, he 
went to Dynamo, Ki Dynamo Moscow <laughs> in summer 2021 uh, for like 1.5, 1.6 million euros. And then they loaned him out to Ural. Um, and he started playing really good. He's probably one of the top players in our under-21s. And I really expect him to make a jump into the uh, national team, senior national team, with us lacking like defensive midfielders and central midfielders in, in the play, play style with Luca, you should really be like a starter in no time because Akankava, a former Dnipro player who uh, retired from the national team like a couple of weeks ago, he should be the one who should fill his, his shoes, I'd say. And um, they're really looking forward to see how he develops. He's still quite young, he's like 19. Uh, and I think he's probably one of the next big things coming, uh, coming out of Georgia. Uh, now, I just want to touch on uh, uh, recently crowned uh, Georgian champion uh, Irakli Azarovi from yeah. uh, Dinamo Batumi. Uh, I, I've seen some clips, but uh, what, 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 what kind of player is he? I know he's a left back, so what do you think of him? Uh, so he's not naturally a left back. He's more of a um, like a left mid slash left wing back who should be utilised in like five by the back formations typically because he's... Uh, given his build, he's quite thin, um, quite skinny, and he gets bullied a lot as, as, as a defender. Uh, but he's got loads of skills, like good dribbling, good crossing, just good offensive uh, wing back, I'd say, who should have went to Trabzon score during uh, January, but his deal didn't really go through because the clubs couldn't agree on the, on, on the money. Um, and... Uh, so he now plays for Dynamo Police, Dynamo Batumi, but he's forty percent of his rights are connected to Dynamo Police, and that's why the club didn't really agree with the uh, with the sum of his transfer. They wanted like one point five million for him um, after tax, basically. And Travel Sport offered it before tax, and uh, because Batumi had to split the bill with Dynamo Police, they didn't really agree on on his deal, and it didn't really go through. But is um, actually represented by the same agent as Khvicha, as Zuriko, as all the guys who went to Russia. And unfortunately, I think he will end up in Russia at any point in his career, I'd say. But yeah, that's like a fortune turn of events for him, who really helped him to uh, go to Trabzonspor to now Turkish uh, leaders, league leaders, who are they're going to win the championship and they're going to play in the Champions League it could have been a good move for him but it didn't really uh, pan out as, as much as I and him I think even himself, himself uh, well so yeah yeah um I I know we touched on this player earlier and I I'm I think I'm really going to butcher his name so I'm sorry uh Saba Khadiagani I, I know he's, you said definitely uh future um uh potential Georgian national team player but um could you tell me a little bit more like his playing style like I know you know he's a center back so is he can is he How's his playing out of the back? Is he, you know, does he have a dominating presence? Like, what, what's yeah. his play like as a center back? Uh, well, him uh, being like a Dynamo Academy, uh, I'd say like graduate prodigy, um, probably one of the better players in his age, age category who uh, us really struggling with the center backs right now because we don't have really many options. Uh, we've got uh, Kan Kashia, who's one of the older guys, Hochalava, who played for Shakhtar Donetsk a few years ago. Um, and he, I think he should be the one who, like, at least two years of time from now, should be starting for the national team. He got called up for the national team, actually, uh, in September, played against Bulgaria in a friendly. Um, and right now, he isn't really ready for the national team, with him being, like, 18. So that's pretty much self-explanatory. 
Um, given his skill set, he's quite quite strong, quite tall. He's like six foot, I think six foot one maybe. Um, can play the ball pretty nicely, but has some errors in terms of decision making, uh, which comes with age, I'd say, with a good defensive partner. Um, and he should be making a good good move away from, away from Tbilisi uh, in like a few years, I'd say. But a guy who I think will be the future centre back for us for years to come. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and now moving on to some uh, players who have spent some time at Dynamo Kiev. Yeah. Uh, Luka Lotoshvili. Uh, what, what, could you tell, what could you tell us about him? So Lotoshvili is an interesting story, to be honest. I remember him went to Kiev's second team in 2017 um, and he got injured like a couple of weeks after he got signed for the team. He got towards ACL, I think it was. And uh, his career didn't really and I went on loan to Zhirina, I think in the Slovakian league, if I'm not mistaken, went to Dinamo Tbilisi once on loan and then on a permanent basis for free. And somehow, just don't know how, he ended up in Austria. Uh, and he just revitalized his career in like two months. I don't know how that happened. And he was just a laughing stock for us, for Georgian fans, because he was so bad, so poor. Like his decision making, loads of errors, like loads of red cards as well. And I didn't consider like a couple of really, really, really bad goals because of him in the Champions League qualifiers in 2020. But after he went to Austria to Wolfsburg, he turned into a different man, I'd say. Um, a guy who I think could make another jump uh, and go into a top five league maybe in like one or two years from now. Uh, really nice skill, like really nice build with him. He's quite tall, not the fastest, not the fastest, but it's quite strong given his height. Um, and um, I think he, him with Hadagiani as well, could be a guy who our next centre back partnership will be paired up with. Um, with him being like the left centre back, being left footed, and Sabah being the right centre back, being right footed. So, yeah, that's probably it. Yeah, and uh, the next player we want to touch on is a player who's currently on loan from Dynamo to uh, Chornomorets is uh, Georgi Tsitaishvili. Uh, recently announced that he'll play for Georgia a couple of months back. So uh, what, what's your thoughts on him? Uh, Gio slightly turned into one of my favorite players, actually, because he plays with such passion. Like, I don't think that, that that's unmatched right now in the national team. And that's what, what, what I really appreciate because... For a guy who spent his entire life in Ukraine, um, uh, oh, I got an error. Yeah, for a guy who spent his entire career in Ukraine, play, playing for the youth uh, squads of Ukraine, playing on the under twenties, winning the uh, under twenty World Cup was in twenty nineteen, um, and he did he does have some language barrier, I think, right now. But in the end, he will settle in perfectly. Um, a guy with um, so 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 the reason why I really like him is because. Um, He's got that type of unique play thing going on with him that I, that, um, I don't get from any other player because he's been born in Ukraine. Uh, no, he was born, he's been born in uh, Israel, I think. Yeah, but he knows football the like the opposite way, like the real tactical way. I think because of Kiev's academy structure and the system he's been uh, going through for the like, 15 years he's been at Kiev, um, and he plays like so tactically well prepared. He knows how to, how to run, when to run, where to run, how much he should press the opponent, uh, how much he should cover his, his uh, defender. And uh, although his end product isn't really the best, he struggles to, go, struggles to score goals. But in the friendlies, Chonomor played the 
in this like preseason camp. He scored twice, two really good goals. And I'm really hoping that he will either settle in, in Kiev. Uh, I don't know if that's going to happen or make a move away from uh, Ukraine to a better league uh, for him to develop, basically, for his play style, more attacking uh, league. I'd say like maybe, maybe not in like a top five league, but somewhere around uh, uh, there. Yeah, I think with uh, with with Gio um, and Dima, correct me if I'm wrong, but he's the type of guy for Dynamo. At least I feel like he never got a proper chance in the side. Like the only time he had a run of like two or three games was at the end of the 2019-20 season during the pandemic after football had come back. Shakhtar had already won the league, you know, a couple games ago. So he got maybe like two or three games of this where I thought he performed pretty okay. Um I think there's still a place for him at Dynamo, especially, you know, some of the younger players aren't really ready yet. Uh, Tsigankov, his uh, form has been shaky. So I, I I would love to see Gio get a chance. Um, I personally still, if I was obviously managing Dynamo, I would still see a place for him. But uh, Dima, your thoughts on Sitaishvili? Just a victim of our poor academy coaching, if I'm honest. Uh, I just don't think that he's been... Um... He's not been taught the things an attacker should. Um, you know, you can clearly, you know, there's no, there's no questioning his talent. You can see, you know, what what he can do with the ball. It's, you know, actually very few people at our um, at our club currently could actually do that. Um, but yeah, he's out on loan, um, and that's because unfortunately he's not really been, he's not been, you know, taught what's required at the top levels. You know, um, for no fault of his own, you know what I noticed uh, Dinan was he wouldn't, you know, he wasn't really, um, how can I say, like getting his head up, you know, and like a, a player's making a run um, in a good position, he won't pass. That's not that, you know, he just hasn't been, he wasn't, he was never taught to do that. Um, at the academy, it's you know, it's no fault of his own. Um, I'm Grigorchuk is a good manager, um, so I hope that you know he will be able to learn some of that stuff. You know, he's you know, at the end of the day, he's not that um, uh, old, so you know, there's still time. So I hope that he can learn some th- things under a, a good manager in Grigorchuk um, at Chernomorets and. We'll just have to see. I mean, there's 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 no there's no way to know whether he's ever going to be um, a proper first team player with us. You know, it's dynamos, and you know, <laughs> there's just no way of knowing until you know until we're just going to have to wait. Um, that's the only way we're going to find out. But yeah, um, good player, loads of raw talent, another victim of poor coaching. Sums it up. Yeah, and um, and. The last Georgian talent, but certainly not least, is Kvaratskhelia, uh, Kvitsha Kvaratskhelia. Uh, so uh, what could you tell us about the uh, the Rubin left? Yeah, we weren't going to go. <laughs> we weren't going to go with the podcast without mentioning him. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, well, I mean, his career is slightly turned into a mess with his transfer saga not really happening. Not, he's not really been able to make a move away from Russia, away from Rubin. Uh, which is unfortunate for him being like 20, 21. It's always a bad thing for a guy at that age who's expecting him to uh, get signed for like a top five side and eventually the, the move doesn't really happen. And all the media around him speculating that, oh, he's like, he's been linked to Juventus, to Tottenham, to, I don't know, West Ham, Dortmund, Gladbach. Uh, it really didn't really do him well, and now he really struggles to pick up some sort of form. Um, and he played. Uh, Ruben played him at Batumi like a couple of days ago, 
uh, and they drew two all. And Fritja had like four chances to score at least, like at least four, and he just missed any every other one. Like couldn't even dribble past like, two defenders, couldn't make a proper pass, and. Him being like he was injured and he was out for like a month, and you can guess it's quite rusty. But uh, he needs to sort out his mental game, I'd say, at first, in order for him to make him away from Russia. And his agent, who's a guy I don't really appreciate at all uh, with his approach to football, him being like Russian heavy, Russian mentality heavy, um, and and all the players like we've mentioned before, like half of them were uh, his his agents um, uh, managed by him. And he just has that type of old school approach that if it doesn't happen, then he has good base in Russia, gets paid a lot. Uh, he even the agent himself get get paid a lot, and that's good for him. And he likes Russian football, uh, and he prefers him to stay in Russia rather than him playing in I don't know, Germany, France, or Italy. Uh, but I mean, yeah, his career right now is a bit of a talking point for us and uh, a bit of a heartbreak to be honest because everyone expected him to make a move to any side uh, in, in the top five and he's been called up to the national team twice and didn't arrive in the camp camp like for like an unknown injury which sounds like just a cover-up for his uh, like mental issues and his uh, so-called like transfer saga uh, and people were disappointed of him but the last time he played against Sweden scored two goals kind of Got a feeling that he's coming back uh, and he to his very best, and I hope so. I really hope so because right now, being probably the hottest prospect we have uh, with Chuck Patadze, who's been struggling with injuries as well, but um, he, he does deserve a move to a good side with his profit, with like the way he approaches the game. But he has got a lot to learn. You know, we're going to pay 20 million euros for a guy who scores like on average like three goals per season, right? Now, especially nowadays. Uh, even like the same thing, Gio Titaishvili, who has to up his end product, has to score a few goals, has to have some assists, um, and the better offers will come then, and he'll get better chances at Kiev. Same feature because if you need someone to trust you, even coming from like a Georgian guy, non EU guy, playing in Russia and going to like top Western side, top five side, you need to prove that with the numbers, which he lacks right now. He's still a raw prospect, I'd say, but has like high ceiling, like very, very high ceiling with loads of potential. But uh, now, like especially now, his his mind games are really, really on up there. So uh, I think he, he'll need like some time to get back his form back, score at least like four or five goals by the end of the season. And then maybe uh, he'll get a move uh, somewhere in Europe, in England or Germany or Italy, I'd say. Yeah. Um... I just wanted to add this real quick at the end. Is there any uh, Georgian talents uh, we miss out? I know, I know you mentioned Chakratadze, who just recently yeah. went to Hamburg, I believe. Um, yeah. There was a, a player who's at FC Zurich, uh, Karabadze or Karabadze, yeah. left back. So, is there is there any uh, you know one or two uh, top level talents that you think uh, that are ones to look out for? So Karabadze was on loan at Zurich uh, from Dynamo Tbilisi. He played against you guys in the second half, I think. Uh, he got back from uh, Zurich after like a couple of injuries. He didn't really play there uh, after his like first half of the, half a year. Uh, slowly picking his form back, but he, I don't believe he's gonna be. He's got the, the talent to be like top player for us at least, but he isn't really the like the professional guy you really expect like modern day twenty year old should be. 
Um, him and uh, there's another academy guy, Nodal Ominadze, defensive midfielder for Dinamo Tbilisi. That I'm not sure if he played against you guys. I think not. But a 19-year-old with like loads of potential. He's a defensive midfielder, like six foot four, very strong on the ball, decent passing range. I think he should be the next uh, like big thing if he gets the play time, which he should because he played loads of preseason matches already in, in like two or three weeks. We've been uh, Dinamo's been to Turkey. And apart from the guys we mentioned before, I think uh, Kharbadze, Lominadze and a couple of 17 or 18 roles will be the future of, uh, of our national team. And hopefully they can expand out of the way us Georgian people and other people. Are. So, yeah, that pretty much sums up our future in football right now. Yeah. And I, I just want to ask one final question is um, now, of, of course, uh, Dima and I and Eric, um, who couldn't be on today, but we're obviously Dynamo Kiev podcast and we would love to see, you know, some of these players, you know, play for Dynamo, hopefully one day, uh, whether it's Gio, you know, hopefully making it or, you know, bringing some of these youngsters. But what's the perception of Dynamo Kiev in Georgia? Because obviously this is a club, you know, during Soviet times and even immediately post-Soviet Union, huge success, huge tradition, but kind of fallen off the past maybe what would you say, Dima, past like 15, 20 years kind of fallen off? Um, so what, what what's the perception of Dynamo Kiev in Georgia? Is this still high? Is it still viewed as something big? Or is it kind of viewed as maybe a, a dinosaur of football? Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, uh, Kiev being like for us, like we had a couple of players playing for Kiev successfully. Kaladze, who went on to Milan from Kiev with Shemchenko and Demon Tradze, who went to Sociedad, I think. But people view Kiev as probably one of the better teams outside the top five because how regularly they played in Champions League um, and in Europa League, the amount of players they have in the national team. Same with Shakhtar, I'd say, despite them being your rivals. And uh, I'd say like Kiev probably one of the teams that our, our people, our Georgian fans, kind of support and respect the most out of the post-Soviet uh, clubs. And being like Ukraine, of course, we kind of have like a relationship with Ukraine and uh, Ukrainian clubs and, and the country itself. Um, and so, yeah, Dinamo's got a good name uh, in probably any other football support in Georgia with uh, their traditions and some of the players who were successful for, for Kiev from, from coming in for Georgia and especially Kaladze, who I mentioned before. Uh, but yeah, that's probably my takeaway about Kiev uh, and Georgian fans' approach to, to Ukrainian football, I'd say. Uh, so that's awesome. Um, so on uh, that note, that's going to bring us to an end to our show. We want to thank uh, Luca for coming on again. Uh, if someone, were, being, uh, if someone were, would want to contact you, how could they do that? Uh, go to Twitter, as you guys contacted me uh, beforehand. And I've got, I've, got my, I've got my personal account uh, linked in my bio. So, yeah, you can contact me there. So, yeah. yeah. Awesome. And uh, Dima, if someone wanted to contact with you, how could they do that? Yeah, 1927 Dima, as always. And uh, uh, if you want to find uh, me, your host, you can find me on Twitter at Lishik7. That's L-Y-S-Z-Y-K, then the number seven. And if you want to contact the show, you could uh, find us on Twitter at Dynamo Abroad. DMs are open. And you can send us an uh, email to dynamoabroadpodcast at gmail.com. Well, we want to thank Luca one more time for uh, coming on our show. From everyone here at Dynamo Abroad, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Dynamo, Dynamo.